Here's this week's students on John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome to School of Thought, and today the stars of the show are Mia, Connor, Xavier and Molly from St Luke's Catholic Primary School in Woodvale. How are you going, kids? Good, Good thank you. Before we get started this afternoon on your topics, and you've got some pretty interesting ones lined up, if you could change anything in the world to make it a happier place, what would you change? Molly? Um, I would change that there would be no more war. And Why is that? And there would be peace around the world because people are getting injured and hurt. Xavier? Uh, no more um, racism um, because um, black people are dying because of um, white people um, who are very racist. How about you, Connor? Uh, I think we need to go to more friendly energy uh, rather than fossil fuel energy and whatnot because it's polluting our earth. So the environment is uh, very special to you? Yeah. Mia? Um, no more COVID. So, like, because everyone's being affected by it and, like, um, because everyone has to stay at home and everything. Now, Mia, um, what you told me off air is that in terms of your family and your place in the family, you wouldn't change very much at all. It's pretty much a happy place. Why is that? Why are you the lucky one in the family? Um, because, like, being the youngest, you don't really have anything to, like, do. Like, not much work because you're, like, in primary school and everything. And so when the older siblings who are in high school, they have much more work to do and you're just there that you can relax and everything and you're, like, really lucky. Why do you think your older siblings, I understand you have a 14-year-old sister and a 17-year-old brother, stick up for you? You told me they stick up for you off here. Um, well, they don't stick up for me. It's just they get blamed for it. They get blamed for something that I might have done and they'll just, like, come in the conversation. They'll just be brought up. So, like, if I'm getting in trouble for something, they'll just be brought up. They'll be like, you should have been more responsible for them and everything. So they don't actually take the blame. They don't take the responsibility as such for their older, for their younger sister? No. Not at all. No. I got the feeling that they stuck up for you. Mm-mm. Would you like them to? Um, well, sometimes they do. Like, not all the time. But now the sometimes. truth comes out, Mia, doesn't it? Sometimes <laughs> they do. There are times where they do. Like, they'll just be like, okay, she didn't actually do anything like that wrong or anything. So. Now, you were actually born in England. Yeah. From Indian parents. Why did you make your way to Australia? Why did you migrate and call WA home? Um, well, in England, it's really cold there and everything. So, like, I got really sick. I get really sick from the cold. And um, it was much warmer here, so it would have been better for us and for the family because most of our family gets sick from the cold. That does make you the special one in the family, doesn't yeah. it? Let's be honest about this. Do you think as the youngest member of the family you get things easier than your brother and your sister? Yes. So if I, like, ask for something, there would be more of a chance for me to get it than one of my siblings. So, like, if we want get to have lunch outside or something, like, from a restaurant, they would ask me to ask because I, w- I always get, like, a yes from my parents. And if they ask, it's normally no. Do you think that makes you spoiled? Um... Well, no, not really, because, like, they do get some stuff they ask for, like, if they have good reasons for it. 
Let's open this discussion to the rest of the group. Who is the youngest in the family? I am. Molly, you're the youngest. The boys are not owning up to anything at this stage. Uh, I'm also the youngest in my family, very young. You are the youngest in your family? Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me, Connor and Molly, what's it like being the youngest in the family? Do you get away with things? Um, no, not really for my family. You don't? No, I don't really try to do sneaky or cheeky stuff. Okay, Molly. Um, no, I don't really get a, I don't really get away with anything really because I'm got siblings, but they're older than me and they live like overseas or in South Australia. So I live in the house like by myself with my parents. So you're almost like the only child. Yeah. Okay. Do they spoil you about come Christmas time, birthdays, and things like that? Yes. They do. Well, of course, the family unit is very different in some of the other cultures around the world. Uh, For example, in India, we have extended families. And, of course, with a lot of Indigenous people, we have extended families. What changes do your kids think you'd have to make if you lived in an extended family? Mia? Um, Like, if we, let's let's say they're coming over to Australia or something, they'll probably come to your house, Um, maybe, like, a family, a whole family would have to come and you might have to share bedrooms and everything. What if you actually lived in a family, an extended family, so you lived alongside of Nana and Pop, for example? Um, what changes would you have to make? Most of us, there would probably have to be a whole lot of shared bedrooms. So, like, me and my sister would probably have to share and then we would probably have to give her, her room or even my room up and use the guest room too. Connor, I'll bring you back into this one. Do you think you'd have to be more patient with people? Uh, yeah, probably. I think so. You think so? Yeah. Xavier, you're being very, very quiet. Now, I gather from that you don't live in an extended family and you're not the youngest. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Are you the spoilt one, but still? Yes, that is right. Even though you're not the youngest? Yes, that is right. Okay, well, in your family, you've got... I've got an older sister and a younger brother. Okay, so why do you think you're more spoiled? Because, um, so my sister gets made fun of, is why she won't get away with much things, and my brother just asks for things and he doesn't get them. Okay, one last question. I'm going to come back to you, Mia. You started this topic rolling. When you grow up and have a family, and I guess you want to have a family at one particular stage of your life, are you going to spoil your kids? Yes. You are? Why? Well, because... I think they should have what's, like, best for them. So, like, if they want something, they should, like, have it because, like, it will make them happy and stuff. It's students having their say. John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome back to School of Thought. Today we're being entertained and informed by Mia, Xavier, Molly and Connor from St Luke's Primary School of Woodvale. The COVID pandemic is one we talk about just about every day, but here in WA we've been spared from the tough times facing so many other people around the world. Xavier, who's one of the fabulous kids from St Luke's Primary School, who's with us today, he became trapped in Singapore with his family during a COVID lockdown. It lasted for months. Xavier, how you doing? Um, I'm good, thanks John. So how did your family get caught up in COVID in Singapore? Uh, like... We like we plan to come home in the in the middle of the year. So what actually happened? Why did you go to Singapore in the first place? Um, because my dad has a job there, and we wanted to um, spend more time with him, not him coming back and forth. And when did you plan to come home? Soon um, after that, in like the middle of July or something. So when did you head off to Singapore? Um, 
at pretty much the end of December. End of December, and you wanted to head home like in July, did you? Mm-hmm. But things went really pear-shaped, didn't they? Yes, they did. When you couldn't return home to WA, how did you manage your schoolwork? Um, I had to use an app called Zoom and like Google Classroom because we can't go to school because of the pandemic. And what challenges did you face using Zoom? It was um, hard to really see pe- hard to see people um, because um, mo- sometimes the Wi-Fi wouldn't work and then you would not get m- as much information that you're supposed to get. And also sometimes I couldn't open the actual app to get onto Zoom and it didn't work for me. So even though Singapore is a high-tech country, there were some issues around using the technology so that you could actually do your schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you did that for a long time. You did this for about seven months. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So in that time, you had no face-to-face contact at all with teachers? Yes, that's right. How about your teachers? Now, most people in Singapore, they speak pretty good English, but you were telling me off-air that you had a teacher who couldn't speak English how did you manage? On Zoom, they had an option of subtitles. So when I, um, so we had a Mandarin teacher who couldn't speak any English. So when she spoke, all she, all she said was um, Mandarin, and then we put out, um, we put subtitles onto English, and then it came up with the actual things, but we still didn't know what she's actually telling us to say. So you had to show some sort of initiative, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Could you and your family leave home during the lockdown? What restrictions were in place? Um, the restrictions were like masks were mandatory and also um, ages one and above had to wear them and you um, all pretty much all stores were um, closed and except for grocery stores. Did I hear right? Kids over one years of age actually had to wear a mask? Yes. How did that pan out? Um, I'm not sure really, but then it's just safer um, if no one get, um, gets it. There were penalties in place, but how in the heck do you get a one-year-old to wear a mask? Um, they had um, sizes for each mask um, everywhere, um, mostly disposable ones. That's pretty incredible. So baby masks for, for pretty much babies. Yes. <laughs> All the way through to oldies like me. <laughs> <laughs> how did you entertain yourself? given that you had so many restrictions on your, on your movements? Um, so for Christmas um, in 2019, I got like a, um, a device that will keep me entertained when we go to Singapore. And then in Singapore, I pretty much played on that and um, on my computer and stuff like that. Were you living in an apartment? Yes, I was. So is that pretty cramped for space? How many of you in the apartment? Um, I think five of us. Five of you and your family, was mm-hmm. there? Yes. So there's mum, dad, yourself and your siblings? Yep. Okay, so you've got an older brother? Sister. sister. And you've got an older sister, you told yep. me before, and a... Younger brother. That must have made it very difficult. The dynamics of the family must have been very interesting. How did you put up with each other? Um, so pretty much me and my brother, like, annoying my sister. and then um, But most of the time my sister was in her room. So just tell me, how did you remain sane and stay together as a family? Did you become a closer family? Well... So um, my sister got her phone taken away, which made us closer after that. Um, She was out of her room more. (laughs) Okay. Do you think that was a good idea then? Yes. What about your phone? Um, I don't have a phone yet. You don't have a phone. Okay. So some very wise parents there because you're just 11 and you don't have a phone. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to ring up this radio station and say, 
hang on, hang on a minute. Kids of 11 have got to have a phone so they can stay in touch with others. But I don't really think kids of 11 need a phone. What do you think? Well, um, even though kids like phones, sometimes you only need it for most of the time, like keeping in contact and after um, primary school since you would know them for at least six years. Um, you're going to different schools and you would like to keep in contact with them. Molly, you've heard what Xavier's had to say about his experiences in Singapore. Of course, St Luke's didn't have anywhere near those sort of challenges. Just tell us a little bit about some of the challenges you had at St Luke's. So St Luke's, we had maybe three weeks or four weeks, maybe a few more weeks of homeschooling. But the parents that were um, had to, had to do their job, like um, hospital workers and stuff, their kids could come to school. But when we were doing homeschooling, the challenges were that you couldn't really see your teachers, and if you got stuck on your work, you didn't have anybody there to tell you what what if you were doing it correctly. Did you do any lessons via Zoom? No, we didn't do any proper lessons via Zoom, but we did do a Just Dance competition on Zoom. Please feel free, guys. Xavier is waiting for questions from the likes of Connor. We just have to wake Connor up every now and then, don't we? We really do. Connor and Mia, have you got some questions for Xavier? No, not not really. I don't have any questions, but um, I was one of those kids who went to the school, who was at school, and so... Not many people did the Just Dance competition, but um, the people who did, there was, like, three people who did it, and it was really, like, cool to watch them because, like, we were in our uniforms at school and then they were, like, at their house and we didn't do much, like, Zoom calls or anything. So it was, like, new for us for, like, the video calls and everything. What do you think, Connor? Do you think you learnt more about uh, using the technology simply because you had to use it? You had to become more resilient? No, not really. I didn't. I didn't really learn anything new from doing assignments online. Uh, but I do have a question for Xavier. In the Zoom calls, were you allowed to wear pajamas? Yes, you were. You were. Oh. Okay, that made life a bit easier, I guess. So, in some ways, it was a bit relaxed. Yes. And did you find that with the rest of the family? They enjoyed chilling out, not having to dress up, not having to go out to work, not having to go out to school and whatever else? Well, my dad always dressed up for work when he had work calls and my mum just relaxed. So I'm guessing that what your dad did, because this is what I would have done, is had a pair of shorts on and then pretty much had a good shirt and a tie on. So it looked like you're fully dressed, but actually under the um, under the desk, you've just got a pair of your boxer shorts on or whatever. Is that what he did? Yes, he had some pyjama shorts and some classy shirt. <laughs> your, dad, your dad is very much like me, I can tell you that. That's a way to really enjoy yourself. Well, Xavier, you must have been happy to eventually head home to WA. Yes, I was. I know you love your food. You're talking about your food off air. Food in Singapore is very different to food here in WA, isn't it? Yes, it is. So what did you miss most about the food here in Oz? Um, like um, fish and chips, um, pizza, pasta, stuff that is not like noodles and sushi and rice. Oh, God, I, I, I don't mind that, by the way. Singaporean food is, is quite tasty at times, but I would have missed my fish and chips as well. <laughs> Local students, their views. John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome back to School of Thought. Mia, Connor, Xavier and Molly from St Luke's Primary School in Woodvale are with me today. Now, Connor, I understand you want to lead the discussion, the next discussion, and that's going to be on art and sleeping, which is one of my favourite things, sleeping as well. Okay? I'll give you the tip. 
How long do you sleep, Connor? When do you um, go to bed and when do you get up? Usually uh, I sleep around uh, 7 o'clock and wake up about s- at 7, so it's about nine hours of sleep usually. Is that during the week that's and dur- the weekends? Um, that's during the week, but during the weekends usually I go to bed at 12 or later. So how long would you sleep at the weekends? Maybe seven, six hours. Not as much? Yeah. Well, I thought when you were going to talk about sleeping that you were going to talk about sleeping for, you know, 10 to 12 hours, maybe even longer. But that doesn't seem to be a long time sleeping, really. Do you dream a bit? Uh, Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes it's just blackout and then straight the next morning. So you get pretty exhausted pretty quickly, do you? Yeah. What do you enjoy about being in your bed? When you wake up and the feeling of just the comfort and warmth of your bed is the best feeling that you can possibly get while especially, sleeping. Especially during winter, isn't it? Yeah, because um, I have a hoodie and I wear that to bed and it's the best feeling when you wake up because you don't want to get out of bed. It's just the best feeling. You snuggle down there and you just uh, simply don't want to move, as you said. Let's turn to the girls. Molly, what time do you go to bed and how much sleep do you get? On school days, I probably go to bed about 8.30 and then wake up at maybe 7 or 6.30. And then during the weekend, maybe go to bed maybe 9 o'clock and then I wake up at like 6 or 7 sometimes. That's pretty early to get up in the morning. It seems early to me anyway. Yes. Have you always been an early riser? Uh, yes, I have. I just find that when you wake up late, you like wasting a bit of your day. That's what my mother used to tell me, and I never used to believe it, to tell you the truth. I rarely see the sun rise in the morning. Mia, what time do you go to bed and then get up? On weekdays, I go to bed at 9.30, and then I wake up at 7. Um, But on weekends, it's normally much more different, because, like, I would go to bed at 12, and then I would have to wake up at 8. But that's still really early for me, because I only wake up at 8 because I have netball after. Normally, I'd probably wake up at, like, 9.30 or even later. I bet your older siblings like getting up much later. Yeah, my brother, he gets up later. Very much later. my sister has to get up because she has her netball straight after mine. So unless teenagers want to get out of bed or have to get out of bed for a particular reason, they tend to stay in bed. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting that some of you kids actually want to do that as well. Xavier, what time do you go to bed and then get up the next day? Um, On weekdays, I'll go to bed about nine and get up about five or six. And then on weekends, I would um, go to bed about nine, thirty, ten and wake up about um, six or seven. Now, I've done a bit of research and I've found that kids of your age should get between nine and eleven hours of sleep a night. Is that going to change your habits, your sleep habits, when you go to bed and when you get up, Connor? Probably not. Okay, let's look at the creative side of things. Did you know, Connor, that when you sleep, there's a thing called rapid eye movement, REM, okay, we'll call it, and during that period of sleep, you can be very creative. So I reckon sleeping between 9 and 11 hours isn't a bad thing. Maybe for an old bloke like me, maybe I should sleep longer than that because maybe my creative brain is not as sharp as it was when I was 11 years old. What do you think about that? Um, I have heard of REM uh, before. Um, I think it's pretty cool, actually. It's a really hard topic, though, because it's all science-y and stuff about the human brain and eyes and how really your body functions while you're asleep, but... Do you think you've become creative because you sleep a bit? Um, 
No, not really. I don't find myself too creative. Like, sometimes I just come up with random drawings while I'm asleep and then I draw it the next morning. Sometimes. But otherwise, no. Let's talk about that. You are creative. You love your artwork. What do you do in particular? What artworks do you particularly like doing? I like drawing 2D inanimate objects. So just like a, a flower pot or like a coffee mug or just a little toy. What got you started in terms of artwork? I think I really just started doing it when I was around three, five, and I just kept doing it, kept doing it, got better and better at it, and um, I was really good at it, and I enjoyed doing it because it was calming for me. It was calming for you. Do you think that's the case in in many artists' um, situations, that it actually helps them to calm down? So there's the creative side, of course, where they do something really beneficial for the rest of the community, but it also helps them in terms of their own health? Um, Yeah, actually. I think, yeah, you're right about that, I'd say. Um, Just art for me in general, though, is uh, calming because at St. Luke's, uh, we usually are really quiet when we're doing art and we don't talk as much. So it's not constant loud noise, unlike if we're just in the classroom. How are you improving your artwork? Are you doing face-to-face with teachers or you're learning online or a mix? Um, I usually just look at videos uh how to like you know shade stuff uh sketch in a better manner really i use youtube um i self-taught myself so would you like to take up a career as an artist not really i think i just do it as a real hobby but i'm just really like doing it that's why what would you like to be if you don't want to be an artist uh probably a carpenter or police officer either one Whatever you happen to turn your hand to, I hope it really works out. So dream big, aim big, and I'm sure you'll get there one day. You've certainly got a great starting place, and that's St Luke's Catholic College or St Luke's Primary School in Woodvale, of course. Local kids, local schools. John Logan's School of Thought. Welcome back to School of Thought. Today we're being entertained by Mia, Xavier, Molly and Connor from St Luke's Primary School of Woodvale. Now, Molly, I've been hearing a lot about you being a young gun in Aussie rules and a lover of women's cricket as well. Why do you think young girls are becoming increasingly interested in playing footy and cricket? When did you become passionate about it? I became passionate about the sport um, when I was in pre-primary. I started playing cricket and football. I just found that it was very interesting and it was a new sport and it wasn't a common sport for girls to play when I was younger. So why do you think that young girls are becoming interested in it? I think they're becoming interested in it because um, it's just a new sport and it's not really something girls would do and if they enjoy playing with like soccer balls or if they enjoy like hitting the ball around or something. So we're talking about Aussie rules and cricket here as well. Which is your favourite? I must admit I prefer cricket. I feel like I've got more of a passion for cricket, although I am very passionate about Aussie rules too. Did you have a role model like a father or somebody else, a male role model, who got you interested in cricket or footy? No, I just, ever since I was young, I've loved going outside and being very active outside. And then I just found these the sports and then I really enjoyed them when I tried them. Of course, girls and boys play Kick. And there's mixed teams in junior footy up until, I think it's years five and six. 
What's the difference in playing in a mixed team or an all-girls team? Which one do you like? I like playing with all girls because, like, it is your gender. Although playing with the boys, it's really fun because you get to get along with them and play with different people. Um, and it's it's just good because you get to mix with different people. Of course, you've been a member of the Kingsley Juniors for some time now and you've played more than 50 matches, which yes. is a milestone. Is that a highlight of your career? Uh, yes, it has been a highlight. It's been really fun to play footy. And, yeah, it's been something that I'm pretty proud of. Did something special happen on your 50th match? Uh, yeah, we won our game on my 50th match, which was good. What else did you do on the 50th match? Anything in particular? Did they celebrate in some way? Uh, yeah, I got a certificate and then we got to run through a banner. Was that fun? Yeah, that was really fun. And lots of people turned up and watched? Uh, yeah, Mr Curie, my um, my teacher in Year 5, came to watch. Well, I've heard you really go for the ball. I know some of these girls really do. That's full on. Uh, never mind about the boys. The girls can be just as determined to get that footy as the, as the boys. Yeah. Would you like to become a Waffle Women's team player at some stage or maybe even make it into the AFLW? Uh, yeah, I would like to. I've got a passion for that, but I find that maybe... If I did do cricket and football, it might be a bit too much. So I would like to play for women's football, although I might go for cricket instead. What is it about cricket that you love so much? I love cricket because it's a sport where you get to bowl and you get to field and you get to bat and wicket keep. And there's more there's diff- more different things about it than football because AFL, you have to chase the ball and then you just kick it and handball it. Whereas cricket, there's so many more different things. Mia, let's bring you into this conversation. Have you tried footy and cricket? Well, for our school, we do inter-schools, and so there was this one that we had to do for the girls' footy. Um, I tried it, and I really liked it, and I, th- I thought that I was pretty good at it. How about cricket? I understand your family are really big when it comes to cricket, which is not surprising, of course, because you have your roots back in India. Um, well, my dad really likes cricket and my sister, they really both like cricket. So do you follow the women's cricket team? Not the women's. My, um, my dad, he follows India's cricket team for men and England cricket team. Are you interested in women's cricket? No, not much. Not really? So you don't have a favourite player? No, I don't. I, I bet you Molly has a favourite player, do you? Yes, I do. I have two favourite players, um, Elise Perry and Beth Mooney. What do you like about those girls? They're very inspirational and they love their cricket and they always breach new heights and they're always giving everything a shot. What I've seen over the recent years, of course, has been this pathway for girls all the way through from the juniors into the senior ranks to become professional athletes in footy and cricket. How important is that to someone like you? Um, It's very important because I feel like girls should be able to do sports that boys do and get up there into the ranks. Do you think they should be paid as much money as the men? Um, I think they should be because it's not like they're doing anything different. They're there for the same reasons and they're there to play the same sport. Let's bring the boys into this. Maybe a very interesting conversation. Connor and Xavier... (laughs) Do you think women footy players and cricketers should be paid the same amount as the men, and why? Um, I, th- I think uh, I think that's actually yeah reasonable, because as as long as they're set, playing with the same skill, same same skill set, they're still playing the same game nonetheless, and they're do- doing what they're meant to do. So I don't see 
why men should be paid more than female uh, cricket players or AFL players. You're a modern-day man, aren't you, Connor? You're not going to comment on that? <laughs> He's another modern-day man, Xavier. Um, what are, I think so. Uh, what's your view on this? Um, yeah, I think that um, women should be paid the same amount as men because, like, um, they made something called, yeah, AFLW. Why shouldn't they be paid the same as men because they're doing the same sport, like AFL and AFL? Do you follow cricket and footy? Um, I follow footy. You follow and, footy, okay. Yeah. You, you follow the men's teams or the men's and the women's teams? Um, mostly the men's teams. Mostly the men's teams. Okay. Would you go to a women's match? Um, yeah, just to see a game of footy. It's a different style of footy, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely, isn't it, Molly? Yeah, it is. What's so different between the men and the women? And why do you think some people will be attracted to the women's game as well as the men's game? Um, I find that the when I go to watch the men's, they're pretty rough, but the women are also as rough as them and sometimes a bit more rougher. And they really get in there and they're really determined to get the ball. So, yeah. Do you have a favourite AFL team, a male favourite? I have my... They're both Eagles. I love the Eagles. You love the Eagles. What about a favourite player from the Eagles? Um, Female player is probably Dana Hooker. Mia, how about you in terms of in terms of players? Do you have a favourite player in the AFL? I don't have a favourite player because, like, I don't really like know the names or anything. But I go for Eagles because, like, yeah. Can I guess correctly that you think that women should be paid the same amount as men if they play cricket and footy? Yeah, because like it's just the same sport. Like you're both human, and like it should be. Even they should be paid the same because, like, they're the same person but just different genders. There's a very clear message there to the administrators of the sports, both footy and cricket and maybe some of the other sports as well, Molly. Yes. Well, we just about have to uh, sound the siren on our show now, guys, because we've pretty much run out of time. But before we go, I'd like to give you the opportunity to shout out to somebody, starting with you, Xavier. I'd like to shout out to my um, friends, William and Matthew, and my family too. Connor? I'd like to shout out my friends Jai and Tyler. And Mia? I'd like to shout out to my friends Georgina, Chloe and Izzy and my family. Molly? Ah, uh, shout out to my friends Holly, Holly and Summer and my family. Xavier, Connor, Mia and Molly from St Luke's Primary School in Woodvale. Thank you guys for being a part of School of Thought this afternoon. May you all do well in what you're doing in your future lives. God bless and from John Logan, goodbye for now.